I'm pulling out my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. So I'm in the middle of doing Modern Horizons card by card stories. So we're up to K and Kaya's Guile. Okay, so Kaya's Guile costs one white black, so three mana total, one of which is white, one of which is black. It's an instant. Choose two, uh, and there's four choices. Each opponent sacrifices a creature, exile all cards from each opponent's graveyard, create a one, one white and black spirit creature token with flying, or you gain four life. And then it has entwine three. Choose all if you pay the entwine cost. So remember from uh, last time I talked about entwine, this is a mechanic I literally dreamed up in Mirrored in Black. Uh, I, uh, I, had, I went to bed trying to solve a problem, and in my dreams I dreamed it up and woke up and wrote it down. Um, so normally an entwine card has its modal and you have two choices, you pick one, and then if you pay the entwine cost, you get both. So this is kind of mixing an entwine with a with a, um, a command. A command is something in which you have four choices and you pick two. So this is kind of an entwine command where you get four choices, pick two, but if you entwine it, then you get to pick another two. Um, so this is kind of a, a cute, a cute tweak. Um, the other thing that's nice about this card design is, so there's four things. So each opponent sacrifices a creature. That's a black ability. Exile all cards from each opponent's graveyard. Both white and black can do that. Create a 1-1 one, one white and black spirit creature token with flying. Both white and black can do that. You gain four life. White, white does that. Um, now white can't get rid of creatures. Black can gain life. Neither does it quite the way that those spells are doing it, but it is something that white and black can do. So the idea is all the effects here are things that are playing around in white and black space. One is just a white effect, one is just a black effect, and two are a white slash black effect. So it's a nicely designed card. Um, the other thing that threw people with this card was it references Kaya. So Kaya is a white black planeswalker. Um, we met her originally in Conspiracy Take the Crown. Then she showed up sort of helping out Bolas uh, run the Orzhov, though she rebelled against that. Uh, she then joined, joined the Gatewatch. Um, anyway, there's for some reason, because there's not a lot of um, planeswalker referencing in Modern Horizons, people thought like this was some leftover from somewhere. Um, I think they just had a white-black card. They were looking for a white-black character. They thought it'd be fun to do Kaya. Um, this is not left over anything. This was made for this specific product. Um, but I know there's... Because um, the way the creative works in the set is we can go anywhere and do anything, it just is an opportunity to reference a lot of non-Planeswalker characters because we can go to specific worlds. A lot of times when we're trying to do something, we have to do it within world. And so Planeswalkers could be on that world. So sometimes we're, we can refer to Planeswalkers a little more. Um... But in this set, because we could spread it out, we could just mention things that are locked to certain planes. So we did a little bit more of that than we normally do, because, uh, you know, we, we're kind of uh, plane agnostic in the set. Um, but anyway, this card was made for this set. Uh, it, it is... The Planeswalkers are part of our multiverse, so uh, that, this was meant for this set. Okay, next. Kess, Dissident Mage. One blue, black, red. So four mana total, one of which is blue, one of which is black, one of which is red. It's a 3-4 legendary creature. It's a human wizard. It has flying. And during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. If a card cast this way, we put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So essentially what it's kind of doing is kind of letting give flashback spells from your graveyard at the, at the same cost that they normally cost. Um, so it turns out that blue and black and red are the three colors that in different ways can cast um, instant sorcerers out of the graveyard. Um, blue and red are more instant sorcery colors. Black's more a graveyard color, but each one of them has access to do this ability. So um, 
there's not a lot of three-color cards in this set. There's only one or two in Modern Horizons. Uh, and I think that it came up with this card. It was kind of neat because it overlapped three things. It seemed like a neat uh, commander just because it's, it's kind of a fun build-around. Um, normally, when we care about instants and sorceries, it tends to be a blue-red deck because uh, is it and stuff like that. Blue-red is the color combination the most often cares about instants and sorceries. Um, but the fact that this ability was something that black could also do is kind of neat to put it in three colors. Um, you know, it allows you to make a, a instant sorcery deck that, that is a three-color deck rather than a two-color deck. Um, uh, on Tuesdays, we play... Uh, we have an R&D lunch where we play whatever the latest set is, and we bring in lunch. Uh, and um, so yesterday, I played... I got to play Modern Horizons, and I got to play Kess, and she was quite good. Uh, I, I played a blue-black deck and splash red just so I could play... Uh, well, I, I splashed red for a couple spells, but one of the main spells was so I could play um, Kess. And she did not disappoint. Every time I got her out, I did very well. Okay, next, King of the Pride. Two and a white, so three mana total, one of which is white. It's a 2-1 cat. It's a creature, obviously. Other cats you control get plus two, plus one. So one of the things when we were first designing Modern Horizons was there was a lot of... Um, a lot of the... One of the things that's neat about Modern Horizons is because it's kind of... It's planned agnostic and it allows whatever mechanics... I mean, within the range of what we were allowed to use. But we had access to a lot of mechanics. We just could do a lot of different things. So a lot of times, players make requests. I mean, I'm on my blog all the time. Players request things all the time. I make lists of things people ask for. And then when I find opportunities to do things that people have been asking for, I like to try to do them. Um, a lot of time... I have to really wait to find the right spot for things because, you know, certain things have to be positioned in the right place. Um, but Modern Horizons and the nature of it really allowed us to, to have things that are a little more, don't quite fit as easily because the constraints of the set is just a little wider. Um, so one of the things I was looking at is a lot of people wanted um, various tribe type things. And so that's where we got Changeling. Uh, we, we did a bunch of things. And so the white-black draft archetype is Lords Matter. So this is in white, obviously. Um, so what happened was, in Amonkhet, uh, we were doing top-down um, Egyptian. Uh, one of the things about, uh, actually, ancient Egypt is they revered cats. Uh, they Cats were a big deal to them, and they really liked cats. So we thought, like, oh, here's a chance to do a little bit of cat tribal. Uh, the cat tribal went over really well. We made a commander deck with a cat theme. Anyway, surprise, surprise, people really like cats. And so we've definitely sort of been keeping up the cat theme. Um, we saw an opportunity to, to do another cat card here. Uh, because it went in white and white-black was the, the Lord's Matter sort of made sense here. So anyway, we made a cat. Uh, so for all you cat lovers out there, here is yet another cat lord. This one's a pretty good cat lord, too. Uh, plus two, plus one is no, no laughing matter. Uh, and in, in draft, if you're playing changelings, um, plus two, plus one to all your changelings also is pretty good. Okay. On to the next card. Okay, next is Lesser Masticore. It costs two generic mana. It's an artifact creature. It's a Masticore. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, as an additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card. Four, Lesser Masticore deals one damage to target creature. And then it has an ability called Persist. When this creature dies, if it had no minus one, minus one counters on it, return to the battlefield under its owner's control with a minus one, minus one counter on it. Okay, so um, there was a card. What was it called? There was a card in Antiquities blink on the name is Mishra something. Mishra's... It was a 5-5 five, five creature with banding. 
an artifact creature, but you had to discard a card every upkeep. Um, and uh, everyone used to complain that, I mean, the card wasn't particularly a good card, and people complained because it required you to discard a card every turn. Like, how could a card possibly be good if you have to discard a card to it every turn? So I took up that mantle, and I said, I think it's possible to discard a card every turn and yet have a good card. So I made Mastercore in somewhere in Orson Saga block. Um, and so basically, I think it was four mana for four four. Um, it had, I think it had flying. I think it did. I'm not sure if it had flying. Anyway, you could spend mana to regenerate it. You could spend mana to do one damage to things. Uh, and it was quite the powerful card. Even though you're discarding a, a card a turn, it was a very powerful card. Uh, I mean, still played in older formats. Um, so, uh, in Modern Horizons, we like doing riffs on older cards. So this was kind of like, uh, Mastercore Jr. Lesser Mastercore. So, uh, instead of a 4-mana 4-4, it's a 2-mana 2-2. Uh, it still has the pinging ability, but I think it's a little more expensive than it was on Mastercore, I think. I don't remember exactly the cost. I think Mastercore was 2, and this is 4, I think. Um, but instead of making you discard a card every turn, it merely makes you discard a card when you play it. So it's just one discard, not continual discarding. Uh, and then, to just give it a little twist and to use an old mechanic, uh, we used Persist. So Persist was made by Nate Heiss uh, during Lorwyn design. So originally, the idea of Lorwyn and Shadowmoor, with Lorwyn, you know, Lorwyn is the bright version of the plane, and then it goes through a metamorphosis, and there's a dark version of the plane. Uh, and we wanted to differentiate the light from the dark. So the idea we had originally was, what if, on the light side, things don't tend to get killed, they're more injured and stuff. It's not, not quite as severe. So we like the idea of minus one, minus one counters as this idea of, well, instead of killing you, I'll just injure you. That, that seemed not quite as severe. The problem is, uh, normally you heal, and so minus one, minus one counters, rather than feeling less severe, felt, like, crueler. Like, oh, I'm not, not only am I going to do damage to you, but damage is not even going to heal. And it just felt meaner. And so we ended up moving the minus one, minus one counters from Shadowmoor to Eventide. Like, so we ended up putting a plus one, plus one counter theme in, in Lorwyn and a minus one, minus one counter theme in Shadowmoor. Now, A, they did a lot of fun things. They did a mirror. Uh, but also, it just it felt meaner. It felt like a meaner world. Um, like Amoncat, we wanted it to feel like a mean world. So we stuck minus one, minus one counter. We've learned that minus one, minus one counters makes the world feel harsher, not, not lighter. Anyway, Nate had made persists for Lorwyn. And when we moved the counters, we moved the mechanic. Um, and uh, Persist was the inspiration. Uh, I made Undying and Dark Ascension as a riff off Persist. So anyway, it's a fun mechanic. Um, we can only do it in a, a set that has minus one, minus one counters. Um, obviously, in this set, uh, Modern Horizons, because we were accepting a higher complexity, this set just has both plus one, plus one counters and minus one, minus one counters. We don't normally do that, but this is also a higher complexity set. So we said, okay, that, that's something we could do here. Um, but anyway, I, I like the whole package, and it's kind of a fun card. It, it's, it's obviously not as powerful as Mastercore, but that is mega powerful. Okay, next, Lightning Skelemental. Black, red, red. So three mana total, one of which is black, two of which is red. It's a 6-1 Elemental Skeleton, so it's a creature. It's got Trample. It's got Haste. And whenever Lightning Skeleton deals combat damage to a player, that player discards two cards. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Lightning Skelemental. So this is a cross between two cards, uh, Ball Lightning and Blightning. So yes, by the way, the design the design name for this card was Ball Blightning. I don't know what that, I, that's the kind of name that I would have, I mean, in general it's a cutesy name, but this is the kind of set where we do cutesy stuff. 
anyway, I, I'm not quite sure why they changed the name, but um, it is a combination of those two effects. One of the things that we did in original Time Spiral is we mix and match effects, but we tended to mix and match things that weren't always particularly well known, so it became very obscure to understand. Um, Ball Lightning and Lightning are both pretty prominent spells. Like Ball Lightning, for example, first showed up in the dark. It was designed as kind of a, a weird variant on direct damage. You know, I, I cast, I think, uh, Ball Lightning, RRR, Red, 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 for 6 1 uh, Haste Trample. So the idea is I have this thing, it's going to attack. If you don't block it, it's going to do six damage to you, so it's six damage for three mana. If you do block it, it's going to kill some number of creatures, and if you don't have enough toughness, it's going to also get through for some damage. So it was a neat twist. It's the kind of card we like a lot. We There's not that many cards in Magic that we've made more riffs off of than, than uh, Ball Lightning. We've done a lot of Ball Lightning variants, so um, it seemed only apropos. Uh, and anyway, it is a fun, I, I don't know, I think it's kind of a... Uh, this is a cool card, and it definitely, um, we were, there's, there's some multicolor stuff in the set, so it, it felt nice as a, a blue-black, um, sorry, as a black, sorry, as a black-red card, not blue-black, a black-red card. Next, Llanowar Tribe, green, 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 so three green mana, uh, it's a 3-3 three, three elf druid, it's a creature, obviously, tap, add, green, green, green. So this is Llanowar Elf, first showing up in Alpha, very famous magic card. Three Llanowar Elves stapled together. Llanowar Elf is a green for a 1-1 that taps for green. Well, staple three of them together, you get green, green, green for a 3-3 three, three that taps for green, green, green. Uh, also in the art, one of the fun things we did is each of the Llanowars pictured in the art is a Llanowar from a different time we did Llanowar Elves. So it's three different Llanowar Elves together. Um, so it's a lot of fun there. Uh, this is definitely one of those cards that is a... Um, is a the kind of thing that I like to do in, in a like Modern Horizons where you get sort of riff off things and it's the kind of card that if you don't get it's a riff hey a three mana three three that taps for three green mana is also a fine card all by itself um, but it definitely if you understand sort of the thing behind it, it, it it's, and Lanor Elves is pretty famous like I said you know we have to be careful about riffing off things nobody knows well there's few cards as famous as Lanor Elves it is. It started in Alpha and has shown up in Magic many, many times. Um, so, anyway, pretty famous. Next, Murder Soul. So, two and a white. Uh, it's uh, so three mana total. One of which is white. It's a three-two Spirit Soldier creature. Uh, it's got Convoke. Wait a sec. <sighs> Sorry, get so tight to myself. Um, it's got Convoke, so your creatures can help cast a spell. Each creature you tap will cast a spell. Pays for one or one mana of the creature's color. Uh, when Murder Soul enters the battlefield, if you control no tapped lands, put two plus one plus one counters on it. So this is mixing a couple things. So Convoke is a um, Celestia mechanic that showed up in original Ravnica and showed up in Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, in fact, the only guild mechanic that we used twice. Uh, and the other mechanic uh, is, well, an unnamed mechanic, was a mechanic from Prophecy. So Prophecy uh, played around with this caring about your mana thing. And one of the mechanics was an unnamed mechanic, but uh, it rewarded you for being, having, being all tapped out. Um, and so, I don't know, if, for those who remember Prophecy, Prophecy sort of gave you ways to spend your mana and also rewarded you for having all tapped mana. And so, uh, and it also had Rhystic, where if you had mana up, you could stop your opponent's spells if you paid two. Anyway, uh, it was a very, very, for those who don't know, Prophecy is a very, very spiky set. It's all about making very 
razor-thin decisions about how your mana works. Anyway, this is a combination of those two abilities. Um, the thing that's kind of cute about it is that first one I want to do when I play the spell is tap out all my mana because instead of a 3-2, then it becomes a 5-4. Um, but because I can use my creatures, um, I can cast the spell probably a little earlier uh, because I can cast it, tap up my stuff, and then also tap some creatures to play it. So it's very versatile. Um, and then, you know, if you play your cards right, you can get a 5-4, which is pretty cool for 3 mana. Okay, next, Meriden Besieged. So two and a blue, so three mana total, one of which is blue. It's enchantment. As Mirren Besieged enters the battlefield, choose Mirren or Phyrexian. If you choose Mirren, this enchantment says, whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. If you choose Phyrexian, it says at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. Okay, this is a masterfully designed card. There's so much going on here. So for starters, Mirrodin Besiege was the name of a set. Um, from time to time, we'll have magic cards that have names of magic expansions. Um, but usually there are things like visions or conflicts or something in which it's just a generic word. Um, it becomes trickier when you're referencing something that's very specific. Um, so for starters, they got to make a card. And I think the goal was they wanted one card in the set that was named after a magic expansion. And they wanted to pick one that was kind of tricky to do. So they picked Mirrodin Besieged. Um, now, Mirrodin Besieged, the set, uh, took place in the middle of Scars of Mirrodin block. So what happened was we went back to Mirrodin, and there was a war. It turns out the Frexians had invaded. And, and um, in the first set in Scars of Mirrodin, we put watermarks. The Frexian watermarks were on like maybe 10% of the cards. But you come to the middle set, and it was about 50-50. In fact, at the pre-release, we divided up all the cards in half. Everything with a Frexian watermark went into a Frexian booster pack, and everything with a Mirren watermark went into a Mirren pack, and you chose your side, and you played with that half the cards at your pre-release. Um, it was a pretty exciting pre-release. Um, and then we did this whole thing where the outcome of the war was a big mystery, and we didn't tell the audience the name of the third... Well, we gave you two possibilities. If the Frexians won the war, it was going to be New Frexia. But if the Mirrens won the war, it was going to be married and pure. And we, we made up, we, we mocked up um, logos and boxes, and uh, and it turns out that, uh, well, for those who know the history, uh, the Frexians won, it became New Frexia. Um, but anyway, so so anyway, this card is riffing off a mechanic known as Inker Words uh, that comes from Fate Reforged. So in Fate Reforged, um, it was the beginning of two timelines. This is during Khans Tarkir block. One timeline led to the Khans being in charge. That's Khans Tarkir. One led to the dragons being in charge. That's dragons of Tarkir. And you had this choice to pick what you had to pick, Khans or dragons. So they used the technology of the Inker words, but instead of Khans or dragons, you're picking Mirrodin or Mirin or Frexian. So if you pick Mirin, um, you're making, whenever you cast an artifact spell, you're making a mirror token. Mirror tokens right now, I, I, I hope... I mean, mirror tokens, so far, we've only ever made them a mirror. I hope someday we make them not a mirror, a mirror, just because I like mirrors. Um, but currently, they're, they're, they're from mirror in. So you're making a mirror token, which is an artifact creature that's unique to that. And then Phyrexians are doing this thing where you're looting, but when you get enough artifacts in your graveyard, you can make somebody lose. Um, so the idea of the Phyrexians, once again, they, they tend to use poison with infect, but they're very much about making people lose. That's a Phyrexian thing. Um, but the neat thing is both these things care about artifacts. The Mirren one rewards you for casting artifacts. The Frexian rewards you for discarding artifacts. But you need a deck full of artifacts to make either side work. So the idea is this card goes in an artifact deck. Um, 
it allows you to have choices when you play it, depending on where you're at and what you want to do. Um, and so it's a really interesting card. Also, by the way, we, the reason we, the Frexian side, the reason we made opponent lose rather than you win is, A, it felt a little more Frexian because Frexians made you lose with Poison. Uh, and B, in multiplayer play, like in two-player play, it doesn't matter. You losing, me winning, no difference. In multiplayer play, it's actually more interesting for me to make one person lose rather than I just win. You know, uh, there's a lot of politics in it. Who am I going to kill? I want to make sure once I kill somebody, I'm not too much of a threat. That people want to go after me. So it just makes a more interesting dynamic in multiplayer play. Uh, but anyway, this is a very well designed card. One of the best. One of the best designed cards. That this is a very just on the the making something that's a total package and making use of the resources you have available in Mirrored Horizons. Anyway, this is this is a thing of beauty. So uh, it is. It is a card that, in my mind, is both a Vorthos and a Mel uh, home run. So that 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 is that is hard to do. You don't you don't often get to do that. Um, okay. Next up, Mob. Mob costs four and a black. It's an instant. It's got Convoke uh, and destroy target creature. Uh, so the idea, essentially, and this is kind of cute, that for five mana I destroy a creature, especially limited. That that's a fine cost. Um, but if I have some creatures, well, you know what? They can help me out. The mob can help me kill somebody. Um, so I like it. It's flavorful. The other thing we did in Mir- uh, I've talked about in um, Modern Horizons is we'd like to take mechanics that had been used in certain colors. Guild mechanics are the obvious choice, as such as here. And then put them in other colors. Um, Convoke is a Celestine mechanic. Obviously, we used it twice. Um, we did do Convoke once in a core set, but in general, we because we've done Convoke numerous times in Selesnia, we've used most the white and green effects. If you want to make a Convoke white spell or green spell, it gets trickier just because we've done a lot of the basic effects. But you go off to another color, say like black, and you know what? We haven't done Convoke in black very much, so there's just all this open space so we make cool cards, and Modern Horizons really took advantage of that. Okay, next, Morophon the Boundless. Costs seven generic mana. It's a legendary creature, a shapeshifter, 6-6. Six, six. It's got changeling, so it's every creature type. As Morophon the Boundless enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Spells of the chosen type you cast cost white, blue, black, red, green, less to cast. This effect reduces only the amount of colored mana you pay. And other creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. Okay, so this came about. I made this card because, as I said, I was trying to make things that players have been asking for. And one of the most common requests I get is, can I please have a commander with tribal elements to the tribe I love? And sometimes those are tribes that we do occasionally make tribal rewards for. And sometimes it's like my goat deck, my brushwag deck, my, you know, pick pick a pick an animal that we don't make that many of. Um, and what I realized was it, it would take forever to make all of them. So I said, okay, I can't make all of them. What if I made one that is kind of a fill-in-the-blank? So the idea is, whatever your tribe is, this is this can help you. You can you can build anything. So um, we wanted it to be generic mana, so any deck can play it. But we wanted to have a five-color identity, so you could you could build whatever creature deck you wanted to build. Um, so the the so part of it was. When I said, okay, I want you to name the creature type and then help the creature type. So what two things can you do that would help any creature type? Well, one is boosting at plus one, plus one. Um, that's a very common thing we do with creatures. All creatures have power toughness, so it's something that works on all creatures. And the second thing we decided is to make it cheaper. Just make them cheaper. 
Um, so we ended up doing this blue, black, red, green, white thing because not only did it sort of make something novel and allows you to do shenanigans with Joda and cast Liver Queen for free and stuff like that, um, but it uh, it allowed us to give a five-car identity. The rules are if uh, a mana symbol appears in the uh, mana cost or in the rules text, it gives it the color identity. So by having it in the rules text, this has a five-color color identity. So if you play this in Commander, you can play any colors you want with it. Um, we also gave a changeling, so whatever whatever else is in your deck to boost whatever your tribe is, it also will, will boost this. Um, so anyway, this is one of my favorite cards in the set. Um, I just like that I was able to make something that just could address so many issues at once. Uh, that's usually hard to do. And so, um, and this was something that I made, um, I think I might have made this during the hackathon. I either made it early vision or during the hackathon. But there's something, or maybe, maybe I made it early vision. But anyway, it was something made relatively early, um, and it lasted the whole way through. Okay, next, Mother Bear. One and a green for a 2-2 bear. It's a creature. Uh, three green, green. Exile Mother Bear from your graveyard. Create two green, green bear creature tokens. Activate this ability only any time you can cast a sorcery. So this tells a sad little story. There's a mother bear, and she dies and leaves behind her two cubs. Um, so one of the interesting things about this is... <coughs> hold on one second. <coughs> I need a drink. Okay, so uh, in Alpha was Grizzly Bear, and Grizzly Bear is actually a nickname for any green... two-drop in green that's a 2-2. Two -two. We do a lot of Grizzly Bears, and we've long since... Creatures have gotten a lot better since Alpha. So nowadays, not only can you get one green for a 2-2, but you get a lot of extra on that. In fact, I think you get one green. I think we've made one green 3-3. Three, three. So clearly you get a lot extra with a 2-2. Two, two. Um, so this one's like, not only do you get a 2-2 two, two creature, but later in the game, for more mana, you get two 2-2s. Two, two. So, um, you know, this, there's, there's packing a lot in here, so this is definitely a, a cool card. Next, Mox Tantalite. It's an artifact with spend three, zero. So it's got no mana cost. It's got spend three for zero mana. So rather than cast this card from your hand, pay zero and exile with three time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter. When the last is removed, cast it without paying its mana cost. And then it says tap, add one mana of any color. So we wanted to add a mox. Um, mox is started back in alpha. Mox is a zero cost artifact that taps for some amount of mana. We've made different moxes over the year. All, the, all that's required is it's taps for mana and it's zero gods artifact. Um, the ones in alpha tap for a particular color. Those were part of the power nine, very strong. Uh, and we've made a bunch of ones since then. One of the tricky things about making mocks is that they need a big drawback because it's very powerful. So the idea of using suspense, suspense mechanic that we did in Time Spiral. Um, we actually invented it before Time Spiral, but ended up saving it for Time Spiral. I think, I think Tinsman came up with it for some other set, and it was just... It, the, the set didn't have enough breath for it, and I'm like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. And then I had a suspend, and I had a split second. I had a bunch of things in my pocket, I'm like, um, we were going into thing, and we had this time-themed thing. I love the idea of a set that had a time theme to it, and we did past, present, future. But anyway, we made use of suspend there. Suspend ended up being not quite as awesome as I was hoping, only because there's a lot of words to explain it. The idea behind it is pretty much is Things are cheaper if you, instead of paying mana, pay time. And it's a neat idea, and it played well, 
but it requires a lot of bookkeeping and not everybody understood it. And it was one of those mechanics where wrapping your brain around the idea of what does it mean that it costs time was a little hard. Um, so Sven was actually pretty popular among the more enfranchised players, but was not, it was very confusing for the less enfranchised. So um, it ended up being not, not really what I consider a success per se. Um, so anyway, uh, but I, I do like the idea of using suspend on a mock. That, that's a, a clever sort of combination. Okay, Ninja of the New Moon. Three black black, so five mana total, two which is black. It's a 6-3 spirit ninja, it's a creature. Uh, we had a lot of fun, by the way, in this set of making ninjas with other creature types. Uh, and it has ninjutsu for three and a black. So for three and a black, return an unblocked attacker you control to your hand. Put this card on the battlefield from your hand, tapped, and attacked. So ninjutsu is a mechanic uh, I made for the ninjas back in Betrayers of Kamigawa. And the idea is you never quite know when a creature is magically disguised and is really a ninja. And then most ninjas tend to have some sort of saboteur ability or something something that happens when you use the ninjutsu or when they enter the battlefield or when you do damage. Uh, this one is a cleaner version. It's just big. It's just like that thing, you know, for four mana that maybe your 2-2 two -two becomes a 6-3. And so, you know, it definitely can do a lot more damage than you expect. Um, so I like this as a simple as a simple ninja. Okay, on thin ice. Uh, it costs one white mana. It's a snow enchantment in aura. Uh, you enchant a land, uh, sorry, you enchant a snow land you control, and when On Thin Ice enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until On Thin Ice leaves the battlefield. Okay, so back in Theros, we made a card called Chain to the Rocks, one of my favorite cards from, from, uh, from Theros. Um, and that card is you had to enchant a mountain, and then you did the same thing, is you sort of, the idea is you chained a creature to your mountain. Uh, it was making, um, in Greek mythology, uh, um, uh, who gave the fire? Uh, the there's a, uh, a demigod that passed fire to the humans, starting with P. I'm blanking on his name. Um, anyway, they chained him as a punishment. They chained him uh, to the rocks, and then uh, a, a, a vulture came and aired his liver every day, and they would grow back, and it was a torture. Um, anyway, we were kind of making reference to the idea of this, this kind of classic Greek torture. Um, although there were no lizards eating your, no uh, vultures eating your, lizard, your uh, liver up. Um, but anyway, uh, this was just a riff on that. We were doing snow covered was a thing. Uh, you know, snow was a thing. So the idea of instead of caring about mountains that only a red player might play, uh, you could care about um, snow covered. And the idea is any deck could be playing snow covered. There's snow covered lands in every color. So this was, uh, it required snow. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, you, you don't even need a lot of snow. You just need enough snow to be able to use this. And I, it's, it's clever. Um, and it was it was a nice rip. I, I, I sort of liked what he was doing there. Okay, next. Or Scale Guardian. Five red red for a 4-4 four, four dragon. Creature, obviously. The spell costs one less to cast for each land card in your graveyard. It had flying in haste. So I'm not sure where the land in your graveyard theme came from. It happened during set design. I think they were just trying to look at things that were going on and somebody realized that there were a bunch of mechanics like cycling and stuff that could allow you to get land in your graveyard and so they decided to sort of concentrate them in I think red and green and then just became this little drafting thing. It's a quirky theme. It's the kind of thing that only worked because of the weird mixed mechanics um, but I like the idea. I mean one of the things that's fun is every color combination has kind of its default and then what we try to do is 
it's some of the times it does the default and then every once in a while we try to mix it up and like normally this color does this kind of thing but hey in this set we get into something a little different well this is something a little different and i kind of think that was kind of cool so uh, i i do like the quirky draft strategies um just to make you, you know, care about things in a slightly different way there's a lot of red green decks but not, not a lot of red green draft decks do this and i think it's kind of cool Okay, next, Pashalik Mons. So it costs two and a red for a legendary creature, Goblin Warrior. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Um, uh, and whenever Pashalik Mons or another goblin you control dies, Pashalik Mons deals one damage to any target. And for three and a red, you sacrifice a goblin to create two 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. Okay, so Mons' Goblin Raiders is uh, it was a 1-1 one, one creature in Alpha. It's all it was, it's a 1-1 one, one goblin. Um, and by the way, in in Alpha, there weren't a lot of goblins. There was a goblin balloon brigade. There was Mons goblin raiders. There was a goblin king who wasn't even technically a goblin himself. I mean, as a creature type. I guess he was flavorfully, but not as a creature type. Uh, there wasn't a lot of goblins. There were just a few goblins. But one of... Um, so Mons, Mons Johnson, is a friend of Richard Garfield's. Uh, Mons loves goblins. And so... When Richard put a few goblins in, in Alpha, he named one of them after Mons because Mons loved goblins. Uh, and we've been trying to make... So Pashalik Mons is who Mons' is Goblin Raiders. That's the character that Mons' is Goblin Raiders is named after. Even though, I mean, the, the card... The, the name of Mons was named after Mons Johnson. Um, so anyway, we've been wanting to make this card forever. Um, we, we do have a vanity rule that we don't make things named after people, but this card... What something's in in magic history is part of magic history. So Pachalik Mons is part of magic history. So sort of grandfathered in, if you will. Um, but we had tried to make this card numerous times. It just never got made. Uh, and this was... I think this is the third time Ethan himself tried to get it in a set. I, I had done it numerous times before that. And other people had tried as well. So, I mean, this is probably the eighth time we tried. But anyway, we finally got it in. Uh, it is meant to be a build-around goblin card. Um... And I like the fact that once you get a goblin, it starts replicating your goblins. I think that's kind of cute. Um, and it makes 1-1 one, one goblins, which is what, what Mons Goblin Raiders are. Um, somebody asked me why I didn't make Mons' Goblin Raider tokens. Because we, we have made token making that made specific cards. But because it's just a 1-1, one, one, we thought that that might be more confusing. I mean, there's some cutesiness to it. But I think if you know Mons' Goblin Raiders, you know they're 1-1 one, one goblins. So I, I think the you, you, you get the gist of that's making that reference. Um, and this is something where you really can build around and just fill your deck full of goblins, and it, this gives you a win condition. So, I mean, not that attacking with goblins isn't another way to win. Um, but anyway, so this is us finally. It, uh, it took a while. Uh, it took 26 years, but finally, uh, Pashalik Mons makes it to magic on a card. Okay, next, Plague Engineer. So Plague Engineer is two and a black. It's a 2-2 two -two carrier. It's a creature. Uh, Death Touch, as Plague Engineer enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type your opponent controls get minus one, minus one. So this is very cute. There's a card called Engineered Plague that I made... When did I make it? Like, Urza's Legacy? Urza, it's during Urza's block. Um, and so this is a riff on Engineered Plague. Engineered Plague was an enchantment. They did exactly this, except it was an enchantment. So they're turning it from enchantment into a creature. Instead of Engineered Plague, it's Plague Engineer. Kind of cute. Um, and it's a carrier... So for those that like to go deep on their Vorthosian uh, references, uh, the carriers were part of uh, the Phyrexians that was referenced in Urza Saga. Um, I think in... I think in Urza's Legacy. In Urza's Legacy, um, 
we the we went to Frexy for part of it, and or the Frexians were attacking Teleria, and um, anyway, there were carriers which were it's a Frexian subtypes of Frexian that were in um, that were in uh, Urza Saga block. So th- th- this is making a reference to Urza Saga in the card because. Engineer Plague's from Urza Saga block. And then the creature type, it, it, it's following the creative to sort of match that. So there's a lot of very nuanced, like, this card references Urza Saga, not just mechanically, but creatively as well, which is pretty cool. Okay, next. Plane Bound Accomplice. Two in a red for a creature, Human Wizard, 1-3. Uh, for red, you may put a Planeswalker card from your hand onto the battlefield, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Okay, this is another riff on... It's funny. A lot of these cards, I, I didn't make the riff of it, but I made the original. Uh, so this is a card uh, based on a card called Sneak Attack that I made in Urza Saga. So Sneak Attack allows you to take a creature to do exactly what this card does, but do it with a creature. That you got a creature and you could put it into play and, and it got to have haste and you didn't have to cast it, but then it went away at end of turn. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know who did it, but somebody said, you know, Sneak Attack for Planeswalkers might be fun. Uh, and especially since we had just had a Planeswalker-centric set. So we, we knew that there was a lot of Planeswalkers out there. And so, um, plus, in Modern, there's all the Planeswalkers. Um, so anyway, or is it all the Planeswalkers? Yeah, yeah, it is, because Planeswalkers start in Lorwyn, and uh, Modern starts in uh, Mirrodin, or 8th edition. Um, so anyway, this is another fun, sort of just making making reference of it. I, I think it's kind of fun. Okay, speaking of making fun of or referencing things, Pondering Mage, 3 blue blue, 3 4 human wizard, when Pondering Mage enters the battlefield, look at the top three cards of your library, then put them back in any order. You may shuffle your library, draw a card. So Ponder is a spell that costs one blue mana that does exactly what this does as an enter the battlefield effect. Um, and it's a very powerful card. It gets played in a lot of formats. I think it's banned in <laughs> some formats. It's, it's very powerful. But anyway, once again, making card. The idea here is we put it on a little bit of a body, so it's a 3-4, so we can make the card cost a little more, and... Ponder on a one drop is a lot more powerful than ponder on a five drop, but you also get the body on it. So it kind of gives you ponder, references ponder in a fun way, uh, and it, it does it a little later in the game by the nature of because it's on a bigger creature, it gets more expensive. You're not pondering turn one, you're pondering turn, you know, six, seven, eight, whatever, you have five mana. Um, so I think that is kind of fun. Okay, Quakefoot Cyclops. So Quakefoot Cyclops costs four in a red. So five mana total, one of which is red. It's a 4-4 four, four Cyclops. It's a creature. Um, when Quakefoot Cyclops enters the battlefield, up to two target creatures can block this turn. It's got cycling one in a red. So for one in red, you can discard this card and draw a card. And when you cycle I, uh, Quakefoot, dra- uh, sorry, Quakefoot Cyclops, um, target creature can't block this turn. So this is making reference off Onslaught Block. We brought back cycling for the first time. Cycling had been originally in... Um, Ursa Saga block, we brought it back in Onslaught block to try to riff things and do things a little different. Um, one of the things we did is we did cards that had a big effect, but when you cycled them, they did a smaller version of the effect. So this is making a throwback to the Onslaught cycling. Um, uh, and the idea here is that this is a creature that um, we like having red creatures that ETB and keep things from blocking. Um, but one of the things that often times will give those creatures haste, uh, but we don't always, this one doesn't. Um, Anyway, so this is definitely uh, giving you some utility. We're kind of careful with cycling not to do too much of this, just because um, cycling starts to feel a little bit more like kicker at times, and so we have to be careful how often. Um, but we do a lot of cycling, do little tiny effects. 
We also did this riff uh, where we would do large cycling costs that also came with big effects, and that ended up feeling a lot like Kicker. Um, anyway, um, so anyway, we're gonna wrap up. I'm now I'm now back. Uh, I'm not work. So we got through Q. So I'm hoping tomorrow. Uh, sorry, next time for you guys. Next time we will. Uh, I think one more. Hopefully I'll finish this off. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the the jaunt the jaunt through. Um, uh, what, what I said is this: Mirrored Into Horizons, uh, not Mirrored Into Horizons, Modern Horizons. Uh, anyway, it's fun talking about. It. There's a lot of fun cards, a lot of fun riffs, and I, I hope one of the things that's neat about this set is um, there's so many references to other things. So I hope and I, as I go through them that um, some of them, if you didn't know that it was referencing something, there's a lot. Uh, like I said, this we joked this being time scroll too. There's a lot of references built in here, so I hope me pointing a lot of these out are fun for you. Anyway, I'm now at work, so we all know what that means. And this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.